stuff. Joe yes. and I have to go run a quick errand. Could you just <laughs> could you just climb in that tree and just dangle your shirt um, over these tigers for a couple hours so uh, they don't chase us? Sure. Um, I know that elephant is vegetarian. Is he going to be an issue? <laughs> no. Is he, he going to bug me? If he charges you, don't worry. He's just bluffing. Yeah, okay. these these animals are safe. They're my own pets. Just just climb up in that tree, and just dangle your shirt for a few hours. Okay. And then they'll <laughs> they'll leave us alone. Shh. Listeners, welcome to another episode of a free podcast. I'm your co-host Rob, joined as always by my uh, my my cat friends. I guess I don't know my <laughs> my roaring buddies, uh, Joe and Duff. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry. I'm not declawed. <laughs> I, I'm ready to deliver my usual sharp insight. Does mm. this does this episode have the uh, seal of approval from the Humane Society. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty confident no animals will be harmed. Yeah. Um, we are continuing our season on when movies attack <laughs> with this a, one. Uh, I can't. The only thing to say <laughs> about this movie, we're going to talk about the movie Roar. The only thing to say about this movie is I cannot believe it exists. The existence of this movie is. Deeply troubling and fascinating. Several people refer to it as the most expensive home video ever made. (laughs) As a perfect description. It's the work of a pure madman. (laughs) And this kind of this level of insanity and depravity is rarely captured on film. This is peak white nonsense. I, I cannot think of any white nonsense that tops this. This is just rich people, uh, just, I told Rob, this is like if you asked his uh, eight-year-old son, right? Uh, but when this comes out, he'll be eight. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is like if you went to him, it's like, what do you want to make a movie about? He's like, lions. And you're like, okay, here's a couple million dollars. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It's, it's, it's and, that... But then you ask the sister, and she's like, no, I want it to be about tigers. All right, fine. We'll be yeah. about both then. Yeah. So if you if you don't know anything about this movie, I will try my best to explain what it is. It is a movie that I've heard about because Duff has mentioned it to me before, and I knew there are cats, there are big cats, and people get hurt in the making of it. Was it re- that, was it referenced in the Tiger King? This movie? I don't think so. I, I I feel like I've seen it referenced in a documentary, and it's been bugging me for days now. I cannot remember which one um, it was, but. It- may have been tiger king uh for anyone out that this is the original tiger king oh yeah so okay so what this movie is is it is crazier than that description i just gave you it is loads nuts loads more great i just i I'm, i don't I, my words aren't even working about this okay this we came out in 1981 it is billed as an adventure comedy film it is not a comedy <laughs> it's there it's, is <laughs> it's a comedy in the same way that the room is a comedy there are no jokes the music sometimes thinks it's a comedy yes um but what this is this came out in in 1981 and we are going to get into the production of this movie where it's where we're really going to dig in but essentially the plot is we follow this guy named hank and he lives in tanzania and he has a bunch of cats and i i big cats and when i say a bunch i don't mean like four i mean dozens 
dozens house. and dozens. I like the entire house he lives in is just you know that picture that painting of the dogs playing poker. <laughs> it's like that, but with with like lions and more, tigers. Though, more, but way more. Yeah, and, and he lives in what kind of looks like a bond villain layer but it's made mm-hmm. out of like bamboo or something it, it's like it's like uh the sort of like chalet you would see in a fancy resort like safari resort it yeah sort of got that like um uh a-frame shape to it yeah uh, it's really i mean I, if i mean if you stayed there on a vacation you'd be pretty pleased with your digs i think well assuming aside aside from all the killer cats <laughs> yes okay so uh, he, he works in Tanzania, and the big thing that's about to happen is his family, his wife and his three kids, are are flying in to visit him. <laughs> but he, he essentially a guy shows up and tells him the committee is going to come because they're upset that he has all these cats. And that <laughs> the, name, the, him, the Homeowners Association is really upset. <laughs> yeah, he didn't pay his condo fees. <laughs> um, and, and we specifically said no cats that weigh more than two hundred pounds. <laughs> we see several three hundred pound tigers. In this. It has to be able to fit in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> so this this the committee comes, which just throws his whole day off because essentially for at least a full day, maybe more, he never comes to the airport to pick up his family. <laughs> he just. Slips his mind. You know, listen, when you're living in Africa and your family comes to visit, so it's the, easy to just well, forget about that. He's busy fighting off tigers who are trying to drown this, the homeowners association. This, <laughs> this is the first of many what is going on here plot elements because the visit from the homeowners association is <laughs> it, is over and he could then leave. But instead, Absolutely. Like, um, he, he loads two tigers into a boat that's meant for like two people. Which, it's not meant uh, for tigers. You're correct so, on that. Uh, so I, I looked it up. Uh, 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 the average male tiger is like 400 pounds. The average female is like 200 and some pounds. Um, and so he has two animals in a rowboat with him and this poor guy, Mativo. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Mativo. Mativo is um, the only sane person in this movie because he is terrified. <laughs> And and in the, and another thing is he's the only like black character in this movie, which this Hank guy just gives him awful tasks to do and makes him do it. Like yeah. there's there's that too where he's just like I mean, literally he has him go in a tree and wave his coat around for a whole night. He has so. him keep back tigers with a with a umbrella. It's yeah. extremely <laughs> funny to see a white guy who at various moments sounds like he has like a Chicago accent, like he was a former Second City comedian or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was, I don't know. And to have come up to an African guy and just continue insisting these animals are fine. <laughs> so it's so, so offensive. The, the the committee shows up and and the the essentially the cats fight the committee people and off they go and boats and they take off and then as Duff says um, Hank with uh, Mativo leaves in his boat with his tigers all the while his family arrives <laughs> he's not there on a new continent yes <laughs> his his wife and three kids arrive and uh, and they eventually take a bus uh, to, to the house and they go there and there are I mean, I, we cannot say this enough. There are dozens and dozens of cats, tigers, lions, panthers. 
yeah. leopards. We keep, we keep, I can't, like when I started the movie, I'm like, all right, well, this is just going to be one of those movies where a person like unlock is going to sort of defend like, like a free willy situation or something Yeah, where animals that are being mistreated or misunderstood or something uh, are going to be defended by a kind hearted person. But it's, it's not like that at all. No, he, he, it's an entire film where he insists that these animals are fine. <laughs> And these animals are constantly attacking him and everyone on screen. Yeah. And and so to continue the story, eventually um, there's, there's just a horrifying shining-like sequence of of the animals trying to get after the, the kids. And People are I mean, locked yeah. in cabinets. Uh, they're being tipped are... over in lockers, uh, hiding in bedrooms, like, like Jack Nicholson is going to pound through the door <laughs> with an axe. It, it's actually... I was sitting there, jaw dropped, watching this. And there's a stretch about three or four minutes in a row where the score, I thought was, I think I texted you, Duff, that the score reminded me of Akira. It has this sort of like really propulsive drum beat. And it's actually like, I'm like, this is genuinely like harrowing filmmaking here. And then he arrives and uh, to save them. And the music com- instantly shifts to like this it, heartwarming comedic score. And I'm like, yeah. oh, now the movie's yeah. back to sucking. And it, <laughs> al- it also it sounds like it sounds like something from uh, a serial from the 40s, like just a do 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 do. Yeah, man. Yeah. So essentially, fast forward to the end. Um, after like, I mean, literally, it's at least one night, maybe two. He gets back to the family, and they had. Uh, they had a, a day. <laughs> incredible tone shift. They get to another like house or shack, and they lay down in it. And all the animals while they're sleeping come in and lay down next to them. So when they wake up, they're like, "Oh, oh it's all fine." fine. The, the yeah. same the same animals that had gone ja- uh, Jack Torrance on them <laughs> just come in, and everyone just takes a nap with giant cats, and it's fine. Yeah, and and there's also a subplot. There's also pissed off elephants. There's yeah, there's elephants. There's a subplot with um, poachers. Which listen, I think poachers are bad, but I dislike the main character in this movie so much that I was like, yeah, be all right if the poachers killed this guy. The guy, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, Hank. So Hank has a very distinctive vocal style. And I, d- as, I couldn't. As joke, did you get the Chicago thing too? Like, so I it's. The best I can place it is it feels like a Will Forte character. <laughs> MacGruber like, goes to Africa. Or or it's like Dr. Steve Brule. Like, it's just, it's so bizarre. I would say, okay. And he's always shouting. He's always like, hey, what? They won't hurt your mom. Like, I don't even know what to do. I, I, I would say, and this is really convoluted, So, but I, I think you're onto something. I think it's you, you cast Will Forte to play Charles Manson. If Charles Manson was from like, uh, it was from from like the northern suburbs of Chicago. If, if Charles Manson had a good upbringing, he was like, "No, these cats won't hurt you, man. They're good." <laughs> so, so now we got to get to the wildest part of this whole thing. I just told everyone the plot of this movie, and to go back to what Duff mentioned about uh, the world's like uh, most expensive home video, the actors and the people in this movie are a. Noel Marshall plays um, Hank. He's the only character in this movie that doesn't go by his real name. Um, and then his wife is Tippi Hedren, 
who is his real life in real life when this movie was made? Most uh, most famous from The Birds. The Birds. Then, uh, for, I think, divorce soon after this the release of this, right? Yeah, so yes. we're going to get into that, but okay. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I didn't actually get a chance to read why they divorced. I'm assuming it's because there's killer cats everywhere. Well, and then and then the, the, the two boys are John and Jerry Marshall, the sons of Noel Marshall, and then the, the daughter in the movie is none other than Melanie Griffith, uh, who, uh, weirdly enough, I think our second Melanie Griffith movie yeah. we've talked about. Uh, one, of her, who, one of her first roles. Who is the uh, daughter of Tippi Hedren. So, it is, and they all they all go by their names. Also, I guess Tippi is Madeline. Um, but essentially, the kids are just John, Jerry, and Melanie. Uh, and it, this is where, to me, this movie is so bonkers. And I, I, I we're going to get into it more. I hate Noel Marshall. I, I have just such rage and, and distaste for this guy during this entire movie that I couldn't see any. It wasn't roar. It was rage to me. <laughs> he, I was just so he, mad. He is pure American white craziness. He it, is. It, it's th- this arrogance that, um, like, like I, the impulse to, like, be friendly to animals and to, to care about them and stuff, I think, is perfectly noble. But Absolutely. there's a lot of people that take it a step further where they feel like, well, if I'm just really kind and I love these animals, they'll love me back. And, yeah. and people like that, I just think are like the people that feel like they're entitled to be treated in a friendly and loving way by all creatures just because they have love in their hearts for them. is just so deeply disrespectful to the animals that yeah, and I, it's it, it's like Rob said, rage inducing. It, it's and- it's unbelievable. And there's, there's a seventy minute long horror film of these <laughs> of these animals attacking these people, and then it's bookended by like the beginning, which is like this is like the way you would think like a Disney Plus nature documentary would start out, where it was just like, well, you know, since the there are wild animals, they should get credited too, and then they're like credited in the credits, like yeah. a sitcom. In the, in the- in the opening credits too. It, yeah, I hope they get it, royalties from it. And then at the end, once they're like, "Well, the animal slept with us. It's fine." Then it turns into like this, like ten minutes of once again, like something on the Disney Channel, where it's like, "Look at these little cute little lions. They are so cute." And then I don't know if you guys watch through the credits, but then the credits leave you with like a bunch of like tips on how to deal with, which aren't wrong necessarily. It's just tonally for this movie, it's just like, oh, you're going to tell me how I should treat wild animals now? Yeah. You're going to, you know? You, you're <laughs> going to do that? Yeah. It's just, okay, so there are, this the season is when movies attack, and oh my god, there are so now, much few, goes. Few attacked more than this one. This, uh, it's hard to separate the attacks from the, the movie and off, because they all just blend together. Yeah. It is scene after scene of giant cats just running and tackling people. <laughs> and so doesn't he cut it, it? Did he? He really got his hand cut in that one scene early, right? Oh, there's oh, blood here, everywhere. Okay, so here's here's I have a listing of just just a little taste. These are the <laughs> these are the injuries, the main injuries that occurred in making this movie. These are just the ones we like officially know. About. know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the first day. <laughs> Uh, Noel Marshall was bitten through the hand by a lion. The doctors feared he may lose his arm, but they were able to save the limb. But he endured 10 more bites during the shoot. (laughs) Tippi Hedren was bitten in the head 
by uh, Cherries, the Linus, um, required 38 stitches. At another point, this one we do see, her leg was crushed by an elephant, um, which I believe she got black gang green from. Uh, I know Noel Marshall got gang green because he was injured so many times. But um, an interesting thing... um, before we get too into the injuries, an interesting thing is that Noel and Tippy were both crazy to do this. Like oh, Tip- yeah. Tippy Hedren, she did some movies in Africa and like a typical white person went on safari and she's like, I want to do a movie about big cats. So this was, you know, I mean, first impression is like, oh, this is Noel Marshall just making her do this. Nope. They were both on board. Both yeah. just, and they spent years because this movie took about six years to make yeah and i think it was like what 11 years from like the first idea of it to actually being released like for them being like let's do this yeah. to then actually releasing a movie no no marshall was a talent agent who somehow became a producer for the exorcist and that's how this movie was financed that like all that ex- exorcist money got used up on these big cats yep yep and 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 like to continue the injuries that occur just to keep going the uh the 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 director of photography is is john debont who we talked about in basic instinct and uh he was the the dp on that and um die hard and then would later on direct speed and twister he um he was bitten in the head by a lion three (laughs) and a half weeks into a production that took more than 120 stitches to sew his scalp back on so i've heard up to 230 okay these numbers are all over the place but that for sure happened i've so here is here is the most amazing part of the the john jean debant injury is that um this was his first hollywood movie he was successful in holland and i think he went over to like germany and other places in europe but he he always wanted to do hollywood movies Mm -hmm. so this is his first movie um he was uh swiped by a big cat um he he said i listened to an interview he was giving where he mentions it he says yeah all of a sudden i couldn't see because i was scalped and it was over my eyes oh my god uh-huh and it's... and then his his assistant cinematographer passed out which fair. yes and oh so my god. and then jean de bont is just like screaming for a minute because everyone is so used to people screaming on this movie. They were filming, I think they were filming the boat scene where Tippi Hedren is like screaming. And so, yeah, it's just. It, the, 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 there was a safe word on the set. Okay. <laughs> there was. Do you know what the safe word was? No. It was Noel, the what? name of, which sounds Come a lot on. like no. So people didn't know if people were saying no, like acting or saying Noel. <laughs> The, the name of the director of the movie to like, hey, I'm being mauled by a lion. Um, the, the AD, uh, Dorn Copper, had his throat slashed by a lion. Uh, 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 Melanie Griffin, uh, Melanie Griffith, I don't know why I always say Griffin. Melanie Griffith um, was mauled by a lion and had to go, I think she had over 100 stitches and underwent facial reconstructive surgery. Yeah, and originally she didn't want to do the movie and someone else was cast. And then at the last minute, Melanie's like, well, okay, I'll do it. And she ends up getting mauled. And, and not only did they cast, they shot some. They shot some. It was like a, it was like a friend of hers that kind of looked like her and like, would hang out around the cat. So they're like, oh, she'll do fine. Um, and, and to confirm, yes, Tippi Hedren did 
She would eventually require, uh, she developed black gangrene, oh. and she would eventually require skin graft on the leg to replace oh the dead tissue. Oh, my God. And Noel Marshall also um, had gangrene. Um, the John and Jerry Marshall, um, they both, the kids, they both um, suffered injuries as well from it. I mean, this is this is where I can't fathom, and you're right, Tippy Hedren deserves blame too. Uh, the fact that like these two people were like, let's make this insane cat movie, just because we like cats, big cats, and, and, and we're and like we're gonna bring our kids into it, like <laughs> my our family who trust us, right? Like who trust that we're making the right decision for them. We're gonna bankrupt ourselves. We're gonna spend all the money we have, yeah. And uh, and 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 we're gonna you know, spend six years. In Tanzania and Kenya, I think. Well, no, no, I that nope. That's the one thing I, I is not. They did not. They yeah, did not do like, that. It looks like California to me. Yeah. So the only stuff that was shot, I didn't know this till afterwards. The only stuff that was shot in Africa was the beginning when he's when On he's driving yeah. the motorcycle. What they did, yeah, I, I doubt they sh- shipped like thirty giraffes up to California. <laughs> what they did is, um, is they were like, all right, well when they came with the idea for this movie, they started talking to like people who like, you know, like the Hollywood cat people, the people who have stunt cats and everyone's like, no, you cannot, you, you cannot can't do train that. these animals. They, no, you like, can't do we it. We didn't even mention this. There are several scenes where there are eight adult male lions mm-hmm. just absolutely brawling. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. how did they get the humane society thing for this? I'm pretty well, sure that's a lie. Yeah, so so what they just, did they just put it on there? And I don't know how they got it because what they did is, so they were like, all right, well, we would like to do it. And then everyone was like, you can't, like, you can't do it. You, like, you can't have these animals and you can't have this many animals. You can't have male lions. You just, it's, you can't do it. And so what they did is they're like, well, we'll just have our own animals. So they started small and they would like bring in pets. And by the end they had, I don't know if I have the numbers on here, literally like hundreds of cats and animals and all sorts of stuff that they had like in their house. So that house they built in that house Southern up California. in Southern California, and at one point towards the end, they they like go through that fenced-in area to like go to that fenced-in area was just like the real fenced-in area around their little like nature preserve that they built. I was reading. Themselves. I was reading about how um, uh, animal control would come over, and they would literally just like hide the cats, and they would like push them over a wall or something. Yeah, they'd have the kids like throw them over the fence and then hang out with the cats on the other side of the fence. And he's like, oh, no no cats here, officer. Just, like, a tiger <laughs> roars, and they're like, oh, that's just the TV. And and the other thing is that somehow um, like, he actually managed to like, use the law to, to keep a cheetah, and that there was something about the cheetah technically fit... Because they don't have retractable claws. They don't have retractable claws, so the cheetah is allowed, and so that was their big victory. (laughs) Mm -hmm. At at one point, they had 150 animals. Where did the elephants come from? They had them, too. What? You can have have elephants? I mean, Uh, like, how do you even get them? Like, big cats? They had them them shipped in, and the other thing is... How do you how? And the other thing is, these animals uh, don't live together. Tigers... (laughs) They're tigers literally don't not live. on the same continent. Yeah, yeah. tigers are from Asia, and he's just like, "Oh, put some tigers and that lion right there." <laughs> and, and there's a there's a cougar. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. And a black panther, it, and a cheetah, and so leopards. I, I quickly wanted to mention that uh, we learn 
several names of animals. Oh, uh, my God. We've, we've mentioned a couple. I tried to keep track, but um, my mind, in my mind, there is before Roar and after Roar. I was <laughs> like, this, I was changed by this movie. This movie, I had read articles about it. I knew about it. I'd seen maybe a scene. I was, I was not ready. I I, not, I'm just so used to these cult movies, like being like, like a half, like 20 minutes of it maybe is like crazy, and the rest of it's pretty boring usually. You know, yeah, or you've the, just absorbed it and it's not shocking. This one was breathtaking. This was this was uncut gems levels of tension. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we have uh, Johnny Lyon. Uh, we have Robbie, who is the 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 good dad leader of. I don't want to say pack because it's such a random hodgepodge of animals. It, it is it is a group of animals being brought together with the express purpose of fighting. Uh, and then we have Togar, and Togar starts off as the bad guy, but saves the day in the end. And you know Togar. I do appreciate this, actually. You know Togar because he's the one always covered in blood. Yeah, <laughs> just covered in blood. That's how you know it. It's um, Togar. God, that reminds then, me of the scene when when they visit the home, where the family first arrives. The the animals have gotten a kill. Oh they yeah. Killed a, they killed a zebra. So the the fa- the the kids and the and Tippy think that they've escaped and got inside the house, but the animals come in through a different open door, just bringing in body parts from the zebra with blood <laughs> dripping everywhere. Yep. Oh yep. my god. How how Where did they get you... the zebra to kill? Okay, how... so here's uh, I have I I have here Joe the list of things that they had. So by 1979, they had 71 lions, 26 tigers, a tigon, which is a liger. Come on. Nine black panthers, ten cougars, two jaguars, four leopards, two elephants, six black swans, four Canadian geese. I love how Canadian geese are on there. Oh, the, Don't forget the, about the Canadian geese. Oh, yeah, geese. We, we have the most annoying pest uh, yeah. in the animal world here, too. F- four cranes, two peacocks, seven flamingos, and a marabou stork. <laughs> the only animal they turned down was a hippopotamus. Oh, <laughs> good idea. That's too, too, too far. <laughs> Well, I mean, that would be the most dangerous one out of all of these things. Oh, for sure. Uh, Yeah. So, what if Tippy Hedred got killed by a hippo? I mean, what a Hollywood death that would be. uh, Killed by a hippo in her her own backyard in like Santa Monica or something. (laughs) In addition to Togar, we have a bunch of more who are named. We have Henry the Jaguar, Jimmy, (laughs) Jerry, Diane, Michael, Patrick, Gary, who is Robbie's son, and Donnie, Mm -hmm. who is killed. Okay, so, and, and along with that, here's something that makes me crazy about this movie. At the beginning, it loves to say, like, hey, man, no, and may look, may look scary, but no animals were hurt making this. First off, that's not really true. That can't because, be true. We see them fighting. Well, we see them fighting. We and see also, hair like, being ripped out of their manes. So I also feel like it's a fast and loose way of playing with who got, like, who died because of it. Because I think they're just saying, like, well, no one died when the cameras were rolling. Because one of the things that happened is they had their little, their little, you know, their little house with all these animals in it, and then a flood occurred, what? and some of the lions got out, and law enforcement, like, listen, I don't actually blame them on this. Law enforcement had to shoot and kill some of the lions because they were out loose. So because Robbie got killed be- by the cops because they were gonna climb into like Brando's house <laughs> next <laughs> yeah. door or something. <laughs> it's like God, they, because they're also, they're they're gonna maul Warren Beatty or something. Who in 1970s Hollywood would have delivered the funniest 911 call because a lion was... Uh, Marlon Brando is a good answer. Uh, there's a, there's a, I can just imagine... I can't do a Brando impression, but his voice trying to... 
like, first of all, the cops wouldn't believe Marlon Brando that a lion was in his front yard. No. Right? They'd be like, oh, that's Marlon again. And this is this is when they start. This is early 70s. Like, they're amassing these animals. This is like post-Manson Hollywood. Yeah. Ev- everyone yeah. is already terrified. And now you got <laughs> flipping jag- uh, jaguars and tigers. I've, I've got my answer. I want to hear the Cary Grant 911 call. <laughs> just in his accent, just explaining how two lions are. It would it would be just like that. Uh, um, What's the bringing up baby? Bringing yeah. up baby, right? That, yeah. That's, yeah. What is You're that? Not a type going lion? to believe this? That's, that's a, leopard, a that's I a think. leopard or a panther, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane, and I think also like there was like a, a virus that went through and killed a bunch of the pets. Oh, like, oh the, all the animals from different continents got sick. I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah. Or so, maybe, like, when or like, maybe no the one multiple got people hurt. gangrene got something going around. <laughs> Oh, it's man. like it, it, basically they they turn it into a leper colony where skin's just falling off everywhere. I I know we use hyperbole a lot on on this show, but this this is the craziest movie I've ever seen. It I cannot think of anything in this league. Well, because not only is the behind the scenes you read about all the all the the literal bloodshed happening, yeah. Uh, but you, when you're watching it, this is what I didn't expect. You're watching actual animal attacks. Oh yeah, and, and and like even crazy Noel Marshall is is clearly scared at certain points. As insane as he is, he is running and being just pounced upon on by lions. Everyone else is genuinely terrified for every second of it. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. It's. <laughs> I did not enjoy watching this. I, I'm the opposite. I did not enjoy this, but it is insane that it exists. I can't I, believe I was it exists. Very stressed out, and that's <laughs> knowing that no one died. It, it, okay, it, it was like it was like an episode of like Jackass or Wild Boys, basically, right? Yeah, but the cl- but the but the crew was being put in harm's way. The closest yeah. thing I came to is kind of if you're old enough, you remember Faces of Death. But Faces of Death turned out to all be fake or exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's similar to that. I mean, the, the, the difference between this and Jackass is, like, I don't feel bad for the feelings and emotions of the toilet or golf cart that were hurt. No, exactly. Jackass. Well, but Jackass has stuff with animals, too, though. So the thing about with Jackass versus this, too, is that this, they would just sit there and wait until the animals did what they more <laughs> or less wanted. They would, because... Like we said, you you cannot tame them. Yeah. So with Jackass, it's like, you know, you choreograph, you have things set up, you do tests. This, it was literally just, well, at, you would roll, they rolled like a couple cameras because you couldn't do it again. You'd never get the same take. And they couldn't use lights because the animals would flip out or it was already a million degrees. And so they just, they put up like five cameras. There's like, all right, just start rolling. And then maybe the animals would just sleep for an hour or maybe the animal would scalp you. Didn't know. <laughs> and and the other thing to like they were just so hell bent on on making this movie. Like I mentioned that flood. That flood goes through. It destroyed a lot of the house and set and they're like, Well, I guess we just gotta spend all our money to rebuild it. Yeah. And they did. And they just kept tapping out those exorcist residuals. <laughs> it's it's wild. And you're right. Um Joe, the marriage did not last past this. <laughs> Rare. It, it, it did not end. And you sort of have, you know, like Tippi Hedren. I read an interview with her, and and she claims so. The, the number that gets bandied about is that seventy people got injured on set. She says she had some comment about like, oh, it wasn't that. And she like mentions like how they got hurt, 
but like you know that's only 70 if people counted like hitting their thumb on a on a hammer when they were nailing something and i was I like do not believe her for absolutely a not considering every person who we see in the movie we know got hurt badly i'm sure there was plenty of people who were like this is coming from this? a woman who got gangrene in, in, in the late 1970s. She, she, she was getting, like, Civil War-era injuries. Yeah. Yeah. In her own yard yeah. from an elephant. <laughs> so, uh... We, we mentioned, yeah. uh... We can't mention this, but I just want to point out, uh, Jean Debat is the MVP of this movie for many reasons, I think. Um, because, first and foremost, this movie looks great. It like there are lots of really good action sequences he catches like the motorcycle and just you know i part of me expected this just kind of end up like found footage where it's like they had the best they could this i cannot imagine capturing this nonsense as well as he did he also has a lot of really weird kind of like like uh breaking bad-esque shots where like stuff will be inside water barrels and it, it, yeah, it yeah. is an amazing accomplishment for Jean yeah, Dubon. When, when you consider the context, it's it's pretty impressive work. I mean, it looks good on his own, and then when you just think it's like, yeah, they literally just had to wait and see what these big cats did. And I, the, the reason I, I'm being less harsh, I think, on Tippi Hedren is afterwards she does like create this like Shambhala preserve, yeah, which is in California, and it does seem like she kind of realized like, oh. Um, that was this isn't the way to care for pet to care for wildcats. Yeah. Um, so I think um, I think famously uh, Michael Jackson's tigers went there um, after Neverland Valley Ranch closed. <laughs> is that is that Man, where bubble is that where Bubbles is? I don't know. I don't know if that's where Bubbles is. Um, so so she she goes on to do that. I have another absolutely crazy Tippy Hedron fact for you guys that I'm ready. I I'm ready. I had to share. You you know you know nail salons, right? I'm aware are, of, I'm aware I, I'm, of them, yeah. I'm aware I'm aware of this, but I'm gonna let you tell it. It's okay, amazing. are are predominantly Vietnamese women who work or and own um and 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 own these nail stores, right? I think in the U.S. it's uh about forty five percent of all nail stores yeah. are owned by. <laughs> I love how you call it a nail store. Yeah, at nail salon. I don't know. <laughs> and and part hey, of honey, is... why don't you go hang out at the nail store for a while? I'm, I'm bringing the guys over to watch the game. <laughs> they got a deal on nails, man. <laughs> there should be more gags about nail salons somewhere where you can buy tools. Um, okay, so Tippy Hedren is involved with this, though. Let me get let me let me get to how that was. So she she's always tried to help. I'm going to say try because we have we saw a roar. So um, she um, was like in, involved with like food for the hungry and all sorts of stuff. So she had a, a manicurist named Dusty. Dusty Rhodes? No, <laughs> I hope it was Dusty Rhodes. The American the dream. American dreams to a tippy. That tippy's trying to help the working man. <laughs> um, so, so there was a Vietnamese, there was Vietnamese women in a refugee camp near Sacramento. And so she had a manicurist named Dusty, Dusty Rhodes is just who it is now. <laughs> and, could have been. And, uh, and, and she was like, oh, do you want to come to the camp to meet these women? And then she met and then she eventually like, she would fly her to this camp every weekend. And then she taught nail, 
technology, I guess, to these <laughs> 20 <Nail> women. technology. <laughs> I don't know. What? Nail salon stuff. Anyway, so, like, this is where the whole thing comes from. Tippy Hedren essentially introducing this to this Vietnamese refugee camp and providing, like, all these, uh, I guess, you know, opportunities and in, in businesses yeah. for these women to get involved in. And that's why there's such a huge amount of Vietnamese nail salons in America. Wait, that really is why, or are you just, like... No, no. That, that's really why. That It's because Tippi Hedren was, like, um, in Vietnamese culture, there's a lot of, like, uh, emphasis on like nail crafting or whatever. I don't know what you call it, but nail technology. And, and you also, you guys are turning it's, it's like you're like combining like a manicure with this old house. <laughs> um, but it's kind of you know, it's also you know, it's something that is relatively cheap for immigrants to start a business for compared yeah. to other things. So, I yeah, it, remarkable. I just wild. I I was I doing never knew that. That's research. really that's a really fascinating. Did that's a, how much damage to her brain did Alfred Hitchcock do? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. that. I mean, I think later on she's said that he sexually or at least harassed. I don't know if it's, but, he, there yeah. was all wasn't there a whole movie made about it about how he was creepy, the birds. And overbearing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was not not great. Um, so. The other thing is, so so they get divorced, right? Tippy Hedren goes on to to you know do this this Shambhala preserve. Noel Marshall, <laughs> this loser. Um, he he. So like one of the things that came out of this movie is there's stories that like he was sent especially rough on Melanie Griffith. Now his daughter? They, uh, no, his not step his daughter. daughter. Step oh, daughter. Step daughter. Okay. So, like, there would be times where he would yell at her a lot on set and uh, he would, like, not stop rolling when she was calling for help. Um, the, the, uh, the, I think John, um, one of the sons, has, like, done a lot of interviews since. And he's the opposite to be Hedron. He's like, oh, it was well over 100 people got hurt <laughs> making this. Like, it was crazy. And he talks a lot about um, just how he just got incredibly mean and would just do whatever he could to make this movie. And and uh, he has this thing here where uh, he says that when I was 42 or so, we had a big falling out. I couldn't afford to talk to him is how I'd like to put it because he'd always con me out of money. Oh, God. Yeah. This is, loser. Is this a Hall of Fame bad dad? I, yeah. It has to be. We haven't talked about a bad dad in a while. And the, I mean, thing, the thing I'm interested in is how this guy ended up being a producer on The Exorcist. Like how yeah. – yeah. Like what? How did that happen? Um, I thought uh, it's because he got the book uh, rights or something. D- oh, that he was an agent. I think he got oh, the rights to the book. Man, what a what a lucky dude! Yeah. Just yeah. a crazy person lucks out on like the for a period, like a brief period. The I think it was the biggest grossing movie ever. Yeah, think, and I'm sure it got topped by Jaws right away. But, yeah, but yeah. But then it's like, oh yeah, got that big cat money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So one of his clients was was William Peter Blatty, who would later write the novel God, The Exorcist. Yeah, man. And then he, he made a deal with a producer to do a film adaptation. So, um, so I wonder a, if he got royalties from all the sequels too. Well, uh, he maybe <laughs> no surprise, guys. He had arguments over plot changes, so the Paul Manash, the guy he teamed up with, left. <laughs> can you can you imagine this psycho <laughs> collaborating with other noted? 
guy willing to take safety risks on set, William Friedkin. Um, like, yeah. these two people were part of the same production. He make, I mean, at least William Friedkin, as crazy as he was, would never have done something like this movie. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> and that's and when Roar was being made, there was a lot of like, oh, it's the Exorcist curse still, right? Because he was involved. Yeah, it's the being it, but... stupid curse. Yeah, yeah. It's having um, too much money and a terrible idea. And we kind of hinted at this, but with the exception of all the people you see on screen and Jean de Bon, just a revolving door of people. And there's an anecdote from one of his sons. I think it was John. John, yeah. Who said that someone came up to him at a bar some hollywood thing he's like hey i worked with you long ago and he's like really what movie was it and he's like oh it was roar and he's like well how long did you work there and the guy's like oh i quit after a day <laughs> and he's like yeah i didn't learn anyone name anyone's name unless they work there a month and, because, and that because that's how big the turnover was and think about like think about even the plot of the movie which we explained which is like him playing a dad with his real life like family the whole plot of the movie is that this guy just forgets about his family for like 36 hours <laughs> I mean, while he wasn't being... acting probably <laughs> being just like massacred nearly massacred by all these cats that were at his house it's we, we'll, crazy we'll put up the link to this but there's a, a life magazine photo spread <laughs> uh a pictorial from like the mid early 70s where they show mm-hmm. where they show the house we talked about and it's just like there's a shot of melanie griffith just in a bed with a lion just lazing about <laughs> and it, just like we said like just big cats wandering all over some dude's south, southern california mansion um insanity i, I think to to explain how dumb and insane <laughs> Noel Marshall is, do you guys know what the original title of the movie was before? No. Okay, no, guys, it know. went through a couple different iterations. All right, <laughs> all right. Originally, originally it was going to be called Lions. Makes <laughs> sense, right? All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then sounds like a is... sounds like a science museum IMAX movie. It's but now this is the title they should have gone with. You ready? What it was? It was going to be Lions. Lions and more lions. <laughs> I agree. That's better. I like that. And, that sounds, and then like, this, sounds like a Roger Corman title. I like. Was this better. guy just doing a pound of cocaine a day? I wonder that too. I wonder that too. Because then eventually, as they he realized, well, it's going to be more than just lions. Because <laughs> we got these elephants now. Let's just call it Roar, and then that's how it ends up getting on Roar. It's not. Now, a, it's th- not a bad title. I mean. No, no, it's not. It's just weird. Like, if you look at the movie poster for Roar, it's like the silly, it's like, it's like something from like an Ace Ventura knockoff. <laughs> like, it's got yeah. like a guy trying to, you know, get into a car that has all these animals sitting in it. And it says Roar, a ferocious comedy. I mean, uh, I really think it's, it's got to be, have been like post um, editing, like, well, this movie sucks, so we should. We should uh, release it as a comedy and pretend we're it, we're supposed to pretend make people think that they're laughing with us, right? Yeah, yeah. And this movie, what was the budget, Duff? Uh, seventeen million. Seventeen. When all million. said and done, and that's seven. That's nineteen seventies dollars. That's a lot yeah. of money. So that is a lot of money. And I mean, Tippi Hedren was famous, but not she wasn't a list. No. And this dude is just failing upwards. <laughs> um, and then the the part that you'd feel bad for them if it wasn't such a stupid idea in the first place is that 
they finally finished this in 1981, you know, all said and done a decade of planning this and it can't get released in North America because it wasn't union. The only, oh, yeah. the only person who was union was Jean Debont, and like all these theaters and all these things like, no, we're not F you. <laughs> and so it was released in like Germany and the UK and Australia and Tippi Hedren has disputed that it only made $2 million. She said it made up to $10 million. But essentially, they lost a bunch of money because yeah. n- because it was all self-financed. And studios were like, no, we're not touching this. This is, number one, it sucks. I mean, <laughs> I mean number two, it's, it's just a lightning rod for controversy. And who's going to come see this thing? It, it, that's we, a good point too because like even in like you know shortly after this comes out after her face gets reconstructed uh you know like there was like a there was a few years where melanie griffith was like a big star oh yeah yeah we and, she was a she was a a big uh a big get in the 80s and early she, 90s yeah she had like a three or four year about probably about a three to five year old five year run that's pretty great and uh it's weird that even then a studio was like let's bring out that roar movie <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what her and her mom, Tippy Hedren, get uh, mauled yeah. by lions. So, so this movie just kind of came and went, and that was it because there was never a home video release because no studio owned it, and I'm sure Noel Noel had burned through all his money, got divorced, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this kind of lay dormant until when uh, Alamo Drafthouse bought it um, and released. Uh, a blu-ray and dvd of it in 2015 and that's when you started to get like no one had been able to see this unless you had a print and so now to mine to as far as i know like up until five six years ago there was really no way to see roar unless you know you were tippy hedron and had a print or something or you're like in the uk and you kept the print do you think this means we'll someday get the um who did the uh who did the Holocaust clown movie? Oh, Jerry Lewis is dead, so maybe someone could find it and get it. The, <laughs> the movie Rob is referencing is The Day the Clown Died, uh, oh which was... God, I, uh, yeah. There are, which, you could see parts of it online. Yeah, just little snippets, but um, it was kind of the original Life is Beautiful, except somehow much more offensive. I thought when he died, maybe we would get it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But it hasn't been that long. He only died what, like four or five years ago. So supposedly Harry Shearer has seen it and said it's much like Roar. You can even knowing about it, you can't be prepared. Huh. Wow. Amazing. Maybe some. Maybe someday we'll have an episode on that when that comes out. What, what uh, a wonder. <laughs> so just just one more fun fact about okay. uh, the, the type of people that uh, Noel Marshall was associated with. Uh, did you see how he acquired Togar? No, no. Togar was previously owned by Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan. <laughs> Come on. Awesome. That's, Anton, why he, that's why he had blood all over him all the Anton time. LaVey, another famous uh, American flim flam man. Um, <laughs> another also, Hollywood legend, too. Yep. Um, I don't know the details, but I think uh, Noel Marshall acquired Togar from... <laughs> Church of Satan founder Anton LaVey. I would very much like to know that whole story. Wow. This I mean that's the thing about this movie. This this movie you just you don't even like you you don't even necessarily need to see it, but 
I, th- even, I think you need to see like 15 minutes of yeah it. for sure the first 15 minutes is it's probably enough you can see like how it's like all about like hey isn't nature wonderful just, and these yeah, beautiful pets yeah. and then it's just people being mauled just and, watch and, it through like the homeowners association r- arriving <laughs> and I think you think it. you think you're ready for it and then you just see from off screen a 500 pound big cat swipe a guy and you're like oh my god was that the scene where someone's scalp came off uh, the, the homeowners association are are all sitting in boats it's a grant okay. committee, to be clear. <laughs> no, it's, it's more fun to imagine than our homeowners yeah. association measuring, <laughs> like God measuring knows. how big the mailboxes are, or something. And uh, like, they're they're getting the, mad at Noel about his Christmas lights. Or n- something. N- <laughs> <laughs> they're supposed to be down by New Year's Day, sir. So, uh, I, I I'm thinking that from the film's perspective, we're supposed to sympathize with. Um, with Hank. With Hank. Yeah. And just be like, come on, guys. These cats aren't that dangerous. But the movie itself chooses to show, I believe, a tiger, or was it a leopard, swimming into one of their boats and yep. all of them looking Sinking at it, it. In, in pure terror. <laughs> and and I, the, the and Noel Marshall must have said, yes, the audience is going to see when this giant cat crawls into their boats and stares at them menacingly, it doesn't eat them. So I'm right. Yeah, it's like, it's the whole movie is that where you're just the, like, oh my god, I'd be terrified. The the free willy thing is a good thing. Imagine free willy, but instead of it being one orca, there was like twenty eight orcas in a pool. And 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 I should be clear, like the <laughs> the point of free willy was that orcas shouldn't be in captivity. Like I'm yeah. not saying like like free willy. Th- this movie thinks that it's free willy. Yeah. This movie thinks that it's like advocating for like peace and love with these animals and stuff. And and I, I agree with that, that we should, we should protect these animals and, and their, the sentiment is correct. Yeah. But, but they are clearly, <laughs> uh, be, like you, you, they're doing horrible things to these cats. Uh, I, I, I still cannot believe that they just had these lions and these tigers fighting and just being like, basically having a boys will be boys attitude about it. Uh, I found the details of how, uh, I believe Anton LaVey had to give up Togar. Yes. Um, it's not, it's <laughs> in a very homeowners association style. It's because his neighbors kept complaining. Um, Which is fair. The, yeah. Your, your oh, neighbor yeah. is the president of the church of Satan. And, and he, he, the first time he gets in trouble is because he has a lion. He his says house. his pet lion Togar is alleged is creating a rumpus at night. And LaVey is facing charges of disturbing the peace. <laughs> LaVey emphasizes his family loves Togar and doesn't want to give him up solely on hearsay. His neighbors claim they don't object to LaVey's Satanism, just the noise from Togar. I mean, yeah. I, I To be clear, I would agree. I, also, also, you know, to Joe's point earlier, like, loving animals is something I think we should do, but there is a selfishness that comes into people where, like, that quote is perfect. Well, my family loves this wild animal that we brought in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't have them. It's not a pet. Yeah, it's not for you. It's not about you. <laughs> like, there's there's a reason why dogs aren't like wolves anymore. Because at this point, they're a different animal. And dogs think it's cool to hang out with us. Does that mean I should bring a wolf into my house? And if I'm just really nice to it, everything will be fine? Yeah, but, you you know, your family loves it. So I think oh it's okay. Oh, my God. Just... Yeah, the arrogance of that is is amazing to me. 
Um, that said, like I'm, I'm usually really like I hate seeing animals get hurt, and and uh, I'm usually like hypersensitive to that kind of thing. But for whatever reason, I I was able to make it through this movie without getting too worked up about it. And I really don't know the, why. It's because the animals are fully in control. Yeah, it might it might be because like I you don't see you don't see people ever do anything harmful to the animals. Like I you don't they do well there's a scene with the poachers where they're like getting shot. And yeah. like it seems like they might have been shooting them must have been shooting them with tranquilizer darts, right? Yeah. So yeah, that that's an exception. That, I didn't like that's one one part where I was like, Oh, this that sucks. Well, Togar shows them what's what. Yeah, Togar does. Yeah, um, I think the best like review I've seen of this movie is film critic Jason Bailey wrote. <laughs> he said Roar was a quote a cross between a nature special, a home movie, a snuff film, and a key exhibit at a sanity hearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this is definitely uh, uh, something that shows up in like a custody uh, battle. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Christ, I know, like, Melanie Griffiths has had all sorts of, like, alcohol and drug abuse issues. I'm sure she's been like, have you seen Roar? Have you seen what happened to me as a child? Oh, man. How how old was she? was probably, what, like, 16 when this 19, I think. Well, but it was made over five years, so. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I'm Um, sure when. Yeah. um, Another thing is, talk about the worst possible uh, step-parent, step-brother situation. Where you like your mom gets married to this dude, and this dude just wants to make his jungle cat movie, and put put you in danger. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like I said, as just thinking about a doing this in general, and then b like you're, you know anytime yeah. someone is doing this, your crew is putting trust in you, which is it happens. But now you're adding your family. And it's just, it's so sick. Like, yeah. It's so, it's so this, broken. This, this is psychopath behavior. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Some, some we were almost of... denied Twister because of this movie. Yeah, yeah. man. Or Speed. Speed, uh, He and he was the DP on Basic Instinct. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Die Hard. He's, he's a fantastic cinematographer. He's made some very entertaining movies. Um, Yeah, everything is absolutely nuts. Well... So do you guys, how how did this get you? You said, like, so how did this get rediscovered? I don't know that you told that story yet. Uh, I didn't dig too deep into that. It's just the Alamo Draft House bought it. Okay. Like they they released it. I don't know if they went to Noel Marshall, but yeah, like he's dead. He yeah. died of cancer. So maybe one of his kids sold it. I yeah. I mean, John John was like the one who was doing kind of the press tour on this. So I wonder if, if, yeah. it, if he had it. Um, but yeah, on, I mean, just, just wild. It's, it's, it's unfathomable that it exists. <laughs> it, it's something, it's the best way to describe it. Um, do you guys have anything else about the actual movie roar? I don't think so. The only other thing I was going to say is there's specifically a scene where they show, uh, tippy Hedron getting covered in honey <laughs> for some reason. Um, but then she's not covered in honey. She has her shirt ripped off at one point by the lions. I mean, I know that continuity is impossible when you film over six years and people are getting mauled and having gangrene. And there's also like, there's very little dialogue in this movie, but when like the big, like one of the bigger dialogue scenes is on the bus and it's Tippi Hedren and Melanie talking about arguing about how much sex she's having with her dad. And you're just like, what is happening? 
Yeah. Who is this movie for? What what is going on? Like it's just it's, it's so weird. Um Duff, we're gonna it's gonna be a little next less weird next week, right? Maybe. Uh, what are we it, talking about? I mean, it'll at least be unionized. <laughs> uh, uh, a movie that, uh, Rob, you've never seen it, and I don't think I've seen it. I've seen Cur- it. Oh, okay. Well, I've never seen it. Is uh, Waterworld. I saw it in the movie theater when it came out. Mm. So this is a movie I, I've always been curious about, and from what I've heard, uh, it's a bad rap. That it was very cool at the time to kind of dunk on Costner and his his kind of grandiose visions uh i'm not expecting a great movie but I- i'm curious I'm going can, into it with an open mind can you give us a little bit of a tease as to how this is a movie that attacks uh well it was filmed on water <laughs> mm-hmm. um so so here's one here here is i'll give a, a tease here so unbeknownst to most of the crew kevin costner's stunt double was riding his jet ski across 40 miles of open ocean between his home on Maui and on the film set on the what? Big Island. Uh, when he didn't show up for work one day, the production phoned his wife, who informed them he had already left for work. The stunt double's jet ski had run out of gas halfway through his commute, 40 miles into the ocean. Come on! A storm so, swept him further out to sea. It took a helicopter most of the day to find him. So, so we're going from, what if we made a movie with live cats, to what if we just did an entirely movie while we're out on in the ocean? Yep. Exactly. Okay. So they really okay. were like most movies will be close to the land and just shoot so you can't see the land. They like were like Titanic, op- famously. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Jaws or whatever. They were in open ocean. Uh, as far as I know, I have. Oh I, my god! I have not gotten into it, but we we will next time um, around. The other the other announcement I want to make is we have shaken things up on the Patreon levels we have we have dropped the ten dollar level there's no more selfies of us no more of that you pigs you don't get you don't get to look at these beautiful bodies anymore (laughs) but instead you can pay six dollars a month which guys is is not much to be part of the sheba pit and when you're in the sheba pit not only do you get access to the two dollar level of getting access to our monthly a paid podcast episode but you get to help vote on which movie we talk about each month and when we craft our seasons for a free podcast, this one, starting from the next one on, you'll be able to vote on a movie we'll include in that season. So you get to be part of the decision-making process as we build these seasons. So jump in that Sheba pit. We're drawn together our child army. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you can uh, find out more at patreon.com slash the midnight boys. Uh, Duff, I want to thank you for introducing Roar to me. It was a thing I didn't know much about, and I I think we've all been changed, maybe nothing, for the worst. Nothing can prepare you. But, yeah, nothing can prepare for this adventure comedy film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, listeners, we'll be back uh, next week talking about Waterworld. <laughs>